told you that you could just like levitate a strawberry on earth okay what what would would you do it would you like at what cost would you do that (laughs) what did it cost well everything well so now i'm asking would you (laughs) like would that be just no just like going to see it like what would you do how much energy would you put forth to like seeing a strawberry levitate uh, just to witness it is what you're saying. Correct. Um. Wow, that's a tough question. I mean, I would walk ten minutes. I would. Um, I'd spend about three dollars on that. Are those sufficient answers? Uh, I mean, yes. Those are exactly <laughs> the kind of answers that I wanted to hear. Because yeah. you can make a strawberry levitate. All you have to do is build a like 45 Tesla fucking magnet. Okay. Yeah. And then bury that underground. <laughs> you can make it weak enough so it doesn't go through your entire body. Oh, that's it? Uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. And then you can drop it in a little tiny portal on top while it's frozen, of course, because otherwise it's weird mush. Okay. Yeah. So freeze the strawberry. Yeah, Got it. <laughs> it's so that only takes like a quarter of a whole city's energy to like turn on. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, I know what I'm doing this weekend. Well, you don't have to because somebody recorded <laughs> it. So oh, you nice. Can just watch it on the internet. It's probably better in real life, though. I think I'll I'll still do it. I think you have to get clearance to go there as well. <laughs> okay, maybe two weekends from now. I mean, you can the YouTube guy got on there. <laughs> Like, you can apply to just go and visit. Nice. But yeah, it's a pretty cool, like, I was, I quite regularly look up magnets, as you know, and I enjoy them because the, our general magnets are, like, tiny little weak things that we use. And even, like, MRIs are super incredibly powerful, like, compared to your fridge magnet, but they're just, like, a tiny, tiny little thing. Yeah. I've, like, magnets. really, really enjoyed finding out that, like, water is magnetic. And it has magnetic properties. Yeah. Is water itself magnetic or is it the minerals that are in? It's the water. Really? Yeah, H2O. That's interesting. Yeah, that's why you are technically magnetic. Yeah, humans, absolutely. In order to get an effect, it has to be that big of a magnet. That's the same amount of a magnet that if you drop aluminum on, it slows the descent of. Okay. Like, it's a very, very strong magnetic field. You're not just going to get that in uh, nature pretty much ever. Okay. They did build a sweet-ass magnet. I don't I think it went up to, like, 150 Tesla, but it was a destructive test. They were just seeing how strong they could get a magnet to go. It destroyed the room it was in. (laughs) That's crazy. I think you were telling me about that before. So, Tesla is now the common... Uh, it has been for quite some time but there's also gauss and there's also different energy like it depends on what magnitude because obviously you're not going to use tesla on a house magnet right because that's a bunch of different strengths of magnets within that so you can use i think it's micro teslas which i believe are a tenth but don't quote me on that and then there's like seven or eight other ways that you just measure magnetism depending on what you want to do but Tesla's the industrial straightforward. That's like if you were saying fucking miles. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just pulled up. The, so an MRI machine's like three Tesla. Okay. And 45 Tesla, I think, is the strongest continuous magnet that has been turned on. Wow. And it takes a lot of shit. Yeah, the destructive one, the video of it is just some grainy footage of a machine breaking. <laughs> Yeah. Like it doesn't look real exciting and then just shit gets all rumbly and the machine just kind of goes poof. <laughs> Sounds like a video game intro cutscene. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely cuz it's like security footage in the corner style. Yeah. Like they just mounted this old ass camera up there. Yeah, and then you just get to watch the room crumple. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, a Tesla. I'm looking at like the 
the kind of mathematical definition of it. It's pretty cool. It's funny that it's like based off of some other stuff too that's just named after people. <laughs> so it just sounds like a conversation. They're talking <laughs> yeah. about who was in the room at the time. Yeah. It's like electric versus magnetic fields in the production of the Lorentz force. <laughs> And then it goes on where it's like, it's one Weber. Oh, man. <laughs> this is sweet. Yeah. For example, a magnetic flux of one Weber through a surface of one square meter is equal to a magnetic flux density of one Tesla. Well, magnetic flux density, your Tesla. <laughs> yeah, dude. Some So you know how when you have to go into like an the room with an MRI machine, you're not allowed to bring mag or metal with you? Right, yeah, because it yeah, can, and they make it's just you, drawn to the machine, basically. Yes, and I guess two or three weeks ago, some dude decided to lie and tell them he had nothing on them, and he got shot and killed by his own gun. Yeah, I saw this story. He was, like, visiting his sick yeah, mom or something. he got shot in a hospital by his own <laughs> gun from stupidity. How do you think that happens? Like, I get it, right, the MRI started tracking it, but I mean, like, what like it came off his belt clip no (laughs) ricocheted off of it what i am assuming (laughs) is he actually didn't have it in a holster okay and he just had like a little pistol in his pocket yeah so it just so happened that when he was sitting down it was at the right angle to get him in the gut yeah i saw that he did get shot in the stomach but so you think the magnetism pulled the trigger yeah, definitely. That's 100% what happens. Okay. I wasn't sure if, like... So, I mean, the other thing that could have happened is it could have drawn the firing pin itself, but I don't know if that's magnetic. Yeah, like if it just slipped it out. But that would, the way... It, it, it would be very hard to be in a position where that would happen. Like, it's really easy to get a trigger pull because all you have to be is facing away from the machine, like, sitting down. Like, you have to just <laughs> right. make it into an L shape. Yeah, this became a really weird forensic thing, and I love it. Um, <laughs> all you all you have to do is make something a little sci-fi, and I'll fucking do it. <laughs> it's this is a murder mystery just with a magnet now, and I'm like, all right, this guy has to be in an L shape exactly like this. He's probably talking to another member of his family or the doctor because he's faced away from the MRI machine. Yeah. Yeah, probably hit him, like, in one of those huge arteries, too, that go, like, right down your thigh. Is it the femoral it's artery? Only, yeah, it's only one side. It's arteries on one side, uh, something on the other. Yeah, I just didn't Fans know arteries. if that extended. Like, obviously, it goes through it's the, the, the femur area. That's why it's called the femoral yeah. artery, I'm guessing. But does it extend up into your torso? Yeah, but it changes its name because that's what all... It's a, okay. it's a tract line. <laughs> right. That's like when... Uh, Greenway turns into Greenway Parkway and then back into Greenway. <laughs> You're like, all right, man, cool. Nice yeah. trick you did there. It curved. We had to call it something else. <laughs> that would be so upsetting to get shot in a hospital, let alone by your own gun, and then actually dying from it. <laughs> yeah, for like, real. You're like, at I the was hospital. at the place where I could get help. Yeah. <laughs> they had to turn off that machine to let somebody in there with things to help you, you moron. Why'd you lie about having a gun going to a hospital? Yeah. Do you think it was a lie or like a slip of the mind? Like he uh, just forgot. Dude, he had to. So do you never have anything that's not metal in your pockets? Like, Yeah, I do. Like that would <laughs> that would probably ruin your credit card. I would assume that you would have to take that out of your pocket. Yeah. I so mean, like this guy. So when you go into an MRI machine, they make you tell them stuff. So like you have a minute to check your pockets. Yeah. So I think this guy was just like, nope, nothing bad is going to happen to me because you never hear about anything like this happening in an MRI machine because most people respect the fact that there's a big magnet in it and don't need to test it. <laughs> and that guy was probably like, magnet's not going to shoot me, and then got shot. Yeah. I've never been around an MRI as a visitor. I've had several MRIs done on me, so it's like, you know, I don't have anything in my pockets. Like, I emptied them a long time ago. Yeah, but that's because you knew you were going into an MRI, which is why they ask you those things so that you are present and constant, and they ask you to check your pockets. Right. I'm assuming they do that for visitors as well. Yeah. That's why I'm like, that's what I'm saying is there's no way that's like an accident. That guy was just trying to like do the be a man thing and carry your gun where they tell you not to bring a gun. (laughs) But sometimes they tell you not to carry your gun there because it'll kill you. (laughs) 
Yeah, but what if this MRI machine starts getting sassy and I need to defend myself? Yeah, I mean, oh, <laughs> so. Unicorp, as good as cocaine. I was looking at uh, science hoaxes, and yeah. this one's not really a hoax, but somebody went and hooked up a fish to an MRI machine, a dead fish, okay, and questioned it. And then they reviewed the brain functionality of it. Yeah. And it was giving like a brain function response. And they were like, okay, see, this is exactly why you can't just straight up trust everything out of an MRI when it comes to like when you're asking somebody to move their finger and looking at the response to the brain. <laughs> right. Like you can't because there's a bunch of studies that were recently uh, debunked because they were based on how accurate an MRI machine is at doing that. So there's like some backlash going on. So this guy just decided to do it to a fish and publish it. <laughs> and that is how we discovered the other side and communication with spirits. <laughs> what if that's what happened? Uh, I mean, because I think they did something with Jello that did the same thing previously. <laughs> In an MRI machine? Uh, I think they hooked it up to electrodes and were just reading its patterns. But that one's like old as fuck. I never heard about that one. That's crazy, though. That one, I remember them like that being somewhat. Do you remember things that aren't memes that were memes? Like when you think <laughs> back in your life and you're like, what was that when I was like 1993? Like a motivational poster. Yeah, I guess that would be a meme now. <laughs> but yeah, that was the closest. Thing it was like a thing of Jello hooked up to two electrodes. And it was like, it's got the same brain patterns as a man. Okay. But I'm pretty sure it was just some probably actually Fox News ad. I mean, that's crazy that we do seem to be, I won't say the consistent results, but we seem to be collecting this data. I can think of two things that we've talked about on this podcast. Uh, one being the way that cheese grows while you're playing music. Although I guess those are living cultures. That's a little different. And the other one, we talked about the torn leaf experiment. I think it's also called like Curlian photography, which is where they had a leaf, they took a picture of it, they tore a part out of the leaf, they took a picture of it with a specialized camera, and you could see like a ghostly image of where like the torn out piece was. So that's crazy that they're like picking up something <laughs> in MRI machines. But the, I think that's like the entire thing is it's probably the electricity being generated by the MRI yeah. machine. Yeah, exactly. It's not. Yeah, that's just fascinating. I have no idea what it could be. See, but. this is why we need to get this equipment. If I bet <laughs> you we can get an MRI machine. I think. <laughs> I think I know this old abandoned building where maybe we could steal one. I mean, we don't need to. St next time you d somebody will die if we do. That. <laughs> we know how that works. No, but uh, you can surely get one on Amazon for like twenty thousand dollars. You think so? You think they're just selling them? They sell up? a fucking mass spectrometer. <laughs> they are for sure going to sell an MRI. Yeah. I wonder who you have to... I doubt they would just like ship it to you. You what, probably have to talk you, to some vendor or something. No, you probably just have to have a tax number. Because hmm. it's almost certainly for business. Okay. There's like a whole industrial business section to Amazon. I'm actually super happy every time it finally breaks my algorithm into just... Because I never buy anything. I just look at stuff. But yeah. sometimes it'll just start selling me like $200,000 lasers. And I'm like, cool. I don't know how to search for this because it's something I've never heard of. But uh, <laughs> thank you for getting me on the cutting edge of industrial technology. <laughs> Sick. Thanks for the recommendation. <laughs> right? See, I am the algorithm. <laughs> Al, first name Al, last name Gorithm. Oh, my God. Penis <laughs> Illin. <laughs> His name was Penis Illin, and he has fat beats. <laughs> I just saw a news clip where somebody, uh, they're like shouting out birthdays. And he's like, happy 100th birthday to Hugh Janus. Oh my God. <laughs> that is fantastic. They all start laughing and, and the guy's like, what? It was actually a good one where they all had a sense of humor. And then he's like, oh, they got me. <laughs> so we've kind of ruined the fact that 
there did used to be people who would just call you on a landline without any caller ID and fuck with you. Like that sometimes yeah. that was fun when I was a kid. Like I'd answer the phone then because it wasn't like <laughs> maybe I'm telling somebody I'm a scam guy. But when you answer the phone when you're a kid, there's an even chance that it's just somebody in your neighborhood because they don't know any of the other area codes dialing random numbers and being like, you're a fucking dick. <laughs> and like hanging up or asking if your refrigerator is running. Yeah. I don't think I ever received a prank call. That's Did you answer the phone at your house? Um, You know, I did always. I hated talking on the phone as a kid. I kind of still do. So I did, but it probably was a little infrequent. Yeah, there was wars in my house over the phone. Like people wanted to answer the phone or they wanted to use Constantly. The phone? There's like five people. Well, once the internet became a thing, yes, that was a whole deal. Cause yeah, with dial-up and occupying the line. Yeah, I used to do this thing sometimes when I wanted to use the phone, but my sister was on the computer in a room where I would just go unplug the phone line and then hide <laughs> yeah. in the little bathroom hallway and when she would go out to go fucking take care of it i'd run in her room and like shut down her computer <laughs> and then i could just uh use the phone as long as it took for her to restart everything it yeah. was very groundbreaking and uh i guess healing to our household when we got a second line <laughs> definitely i could see that yeah it just got so much shit just went away yeah we didn't even, we got internet pretty late and we, it was dial up, but it was never too much of an issue for us. There's but, also two less people involved. That's true. Like yeah. once you get a daily life, like so friends and friends, I should not have said that now I have to plead ditch it. Um, <laughs> I'll have like the same schedule. And then I got kind of lucky where my friends are either early morning friends or late night friends pretty much constantly yeah so talking on the phone kind of devolved but then you have normal business hours where like my mom has to do shit there's only like two or three hours in the day after that that the phone line is open for the internet and those are in the middle of the night <laughs> so you gotta screw with somebody sometime if you want to look up pokemon <laughs> look i need to see the details of the pokedex Oh my god, in sixth grade. <laughs> this is some of the funniest shit ever. So, <laughs> so make me look up pictures of like information on the Titanic <laughs> okay. uh, on the internet because I was one of yeah. the only kids that had the internet. That I remember that was one of her obsessions. She 100% hates that I know that and did that. <laughs> that was like in exchange for playing Kirby. Nice. Yeah. Which one? Uh, I do believe Dreamland. Wait, which okay. one? The original? There's uh, yeah. Kirby's Dreamland 1, 2, and 3. So probably, whatever, Super Nintendo's. Okay, Super Nintendo was at, uh, 2 and 3, I believe. Might have been just 3. I think it was 2 and 3. Not entirely sure. <laughs> but yes, I played them on Game Boy. <laughs> so I've been sworn to secrecy about that, and I fucking have made it a point to tell everyone, and now it's on the internet. <laughs> Nice. Oh, yeah, there was Superstar as well. So there's really a ton of Kirby's that you could have played. Yeah, on. the problem that's I don't remember which one at all. I know it wasn't like super low tech. So I'm assuming it was two or three. Yeah. Superstar had. Oh, OK. Superstar is not what I thought it was. I never had this one. Is it a fighting game? It's kind of a variety game. I thought it was like a compilation. Like it would just have like one, two, and three. That's because but... you're just applying Mario rules to anything. <laughs> it's not the way it works. You apply anything to Mario rules, not the other way. Yeah. So this one's just kind of a, a weird variety pack. There is a little bit of a remake. So there's a mode called Spring Breeze, <laughs> which is an abridged remake of the first Kirby game, Kirby's Dream Land. Then there's Dynablade. It's a mode where Kirby must stop Dynablade, a giant bird, from disturbing Dreamland's crops. Okay, that's some pretty low-stake <laughs> shit. I like it. It's real hard to get angsty over that. Gourmet Race, a racing game in which Kirby races King DDD while eating as much food as possible. Mm. The Great Cave Offensive, a Metroidvania adventure that sees Kirby explore a cave for treasure. That uh, sounds fun. I haven't played like a Metroidvania in a long, 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 long time. 
Yeah. Here's something that might be up your alley. Revenge of Meta Knight. Oh, yeah. I love <laughs> A story-driven mode chronicling Kirby's efforts to stop Meta Knight. Dude, Meta Knight's sick. That's like one of the coolest looking guys ever. <laughs> yeah, I like Meta Knight. And we got Milky Way Wishes, the largest mode Dude, in the game. there's still more shit on this? How <laughs> big is the cartridge? Yeah. Uh, the arena, the boss attack mode. And then sub games. It's too many games that can be played single player or multiplayer. That's that's a lot there. Yeah. Endorsing a fucking twenty year old Kirby game. <laughs> Wait, twenty oh, it's so much more than twenty years. Twenty years ago was fucking Halo, Adam. Yeah, it came out in North America in ninety six. Okay. So that's what, twenty seven years old? Almost twenty seven. It's twenty six years old. It was September 96. I remember the vintage. <laughs> it's a fine video game. We were talking about magnetism, though. Semi-related, I was looking up some stuff about earthquakes. What do you know about earthquakes? Um, I know <laughs> that some of them are caused by tectonic plate shifting and movement, and that if you're at the tectonic edge of stuff, it's generally more active, and that, that how they make mountain. Nice. Yeah, all of that, for sure. <laughs> Eighth grade science again. I don't know too much about the science. You know, I've, I've learned a little in school, researched it a little bit before this. I've pulled up this handy map of the Ring of Fire for us. Oh, see, I totally, I, I, <laughs> I forgot that that was a thing. Earthquakes are fucking sick. Yeah. And I, you know, I've always heard about tectonic plates and, and that uh, fault lines, you know, volcanic activity. That all makes sense to me. But I guess I've always wondered, like, why? Why, why do the plates move? You know, it's because uh, what's his face? Kronos? Kronos <laughs> just fucking shaking a little bit. Well, I mean, there are several of those stories, of course. Uh, the Norse gods. I was reading about this. Dude, the Norse gods are fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Any guesses on what they thought was shaking the earth? Two people boning. Uh, it's close. It is. It's a violent struggle. <laughs> Uh, fire and ice. It's uh, it's the violent struggle of the god Loki. He okay, yeah, that's weird. See, I only really know uh the story of Ragnarok. Okay, but that's a long story. <laughs> well, it's in this story, it, it's pretty much a family feud where everybody dies. Yeah, that's usually what it is, right? In these kind of mythologies. In this particular one, uh, Loki murdered Balder. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Excuse me if I'm not uh, Balder. The god of beauty and light. That That's Balder, the god of beauty and light, was murdered by Loki. And he was punished by being bound in a cave with a poisonous serpent placed above his head, dripping venom. And Loki's wife stood by him. Do you know Loki's wife's name? I, it's spelled here. I don't know if it's Sign or like Sigin. <laughs> I, I think it's Sign. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, so Loki's wife Sign was standing by him as this venomous snake was above him, dripping venom. She was catching the venom in a bowl, but she wasn't catching all of it. So that it's Loki's violent struggle as he's uh, being chained and venom is being dripped at him. Yeah, gotcha. So... <laughs> There's no, like, bigger bowl? Like, what's the deal here? Gods, this is my favorite part about these gods, is they're not only dumb, but, like, mortal. <laughs> right. Yeah, he did all this crazy stuff. He murdered this god, but this, like, snake venom is really messing him up. Yeah, and it's, well, he also, like, that in alone is, like, he murdered this god, and you're like, I stand a chance. Yeah. It's like the fan theory that when uh the Hulk punched... Thor and it hurt him. He was like, "Wait a minute, he's a god. I am too god now." <laughs> it 
There's uh, some Japanese mythology. Uh, go. <laughs> it's about a giant catfish who causes earthquakes. Uh, the catfish's name is Namazu. Hopefully I'm saying that right. N-A-M-A-Z-U. Uh, he lives in the mud beneath the earth. He was guarding uh, the earth and restraining the catfish with a stone. That guy's name is Kashima. Dude, they gotta be... If it's a catfish, it's dead. <laughs> People noodle for fun, man. Just stick your arm down there and catch you a god. Well, yeah, sometimes uh, Namazu gets past Kashima, and that's when we feel the earthquakes. Hmm. I can see. Like, <laughs> with a big enough catfish, you, I can see the shape of everything in a catfish. Yeah. Like, if you look at the circle, it kind of does look like a curled-up fish if you take the liberty to make a line. Definitely. You want to talk about the Richter scale? Uh, Andy Richter scale? <laughs> That man is hilarious. I do love Andy Richter. Maybe greatest co-host of all time. I don't know of any co-hosts because I'm doing that thing where you just mention something <laughs> and it completely wipes your brain. So I am going to abstain, but I will say he's in the running. Yeah. Do I mean, we consider Robin a co-host? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Howard Stern, Robin? No, no. Batman. Oh, I would say no. Did they have a show? Uh, probably. Okay, well, maybe. At some, they've had like a Batman everything. It's existed as it seems a more cash like a grab. Nighthawk thing. <laughs> Does Nighthawk? Yeah. But no, speaking of Robin, that yeah, I would say she's in the running because I liked Robin more than I liked Howard Stern. Yeah, honestly, Robin is up there. Ed McMahon, I would say. You're going to have to spark my mind on what Ed McMahon does. I <laughs> can think of his face, but I can't think of a single thing he's done. He was on Johnny Carson. So I don't really have a you know ton of personal knowledge. And he did Star Search too. That's how I know. Were you on Star Search, Adam? Uh, no. That sounded like a not, <laughs> not a convincing no there. This is Ed McMahon. He also did the... I think he did like the publisher clearinghouse. He also does cameos checks. on a lot of shit. Yeah, pretty sure he's dead now. Oh, I he looks old in all of those pictures except for the black and white ones. So I would assume. Yeah, he did. He passed away in two thousand nine. R.I.P. Ed McMahon. Well, Unless just, he did terrible. Yeah, I was things. gonna say you're just know. gonna straight up give him a pass <laughs> on that shit. Absolutely no scrutiny was done when this man got into heaven. Everyone was just like <laughs> killing it. <laughs> maybe he was a good guy though and if he was well r.i.p i think that we i'm just gonna say that for everyone we can extend <laughs> that to anybody i don't know yeah but anyways the richter scale we don't use it anymore so i don't know why people <laughs> still talk about it i think probably because do we just use categories now no we use uh something that I will say the the Richter scale isn't entirely incorrect. Um, it's we just use not something, sensitive enough. No, it's just a mathematical model that we found to be slightly inaccurate. So now we use something called the moment magnitude scale. So is that what the numbers on the news are? Yes. Okay, I was going to say it's something <laughs> where the news is just like we only know Richter, and so it's it's the same. You know the. The Richter scale is logarithmic, meaning essentially, um, you know, as you progress up the scale, the magnitude is far greater. And that is increasing on like the interval, right? So like a jump from a five to a six is pretty big. I believe it's like 30 times as strong. But then like a six to a seven is an even larger jump. It's like 100 times as strong. Yeah, true. And so, you know, by the time you're getting to a 9 or a 10, that's like thousands of times stronger than like a 5 or a 6. Richter scale operates that way. Moment magnitude operates that way. Like I said, the Richter scale is just a mathematical model that wasn't as accurate. But yeah, the numbers that you hear now, they're very comparable to the Richter scale as well. And I think it's just something that's kind of like persisted throughout the years. And probably when... 
a lot of huge earthquakes were happening that were making news in like the 60s and 70s, the Richter scale actually was still in use. So I think it just kind of persisted in media. Well, they also probably don't say the name of the scale anymore. And they did used to say the Richter scale a lot because it was big (laughs) news to use it. That was like high science for a lot of people at the time. So it having like an easy name goes. But there's also the fact that no one sends anyone a memo when we stop using something. That's true. Like there wasn't a, hey, on this day, we're going to switch over to this system. Yeah, that doesn't happen. That's why I legitimately go and look up shit that I learned in school to see if it's still true. (laughs) And it's not sometimes. And I'm like, cool, man, I'm glad that I do this. This should be like a federal program where they just send everybody an updated textbook that should come with your government education. Like all the way up to your 60s every year, you just get like, this is what we've amended. (laughs) Yeah, that would be cool to... Even like a five-year report comes out. Yeah, dude. And you're like, oh, here's all the stuff that changed. All right. <laughs> yeah, if that was just mailed to everybody, I bet you that uh, we'd all be a lot less stupid because even people who didn't read them, they would still get sent there and then get laid around around their children Yeah. Who then have a possibility to read them. Yeah. Data is the way forward. <laughs> you want to start a data cult? I'm for it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I you think have to I... bring us several terabytes. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, when we're talking about earthquakes, you know, magnitude and intensity are the two things. So magnitude refers to basically the power at the epicenter, and the magnitude's the same. It doesn't matter where you are or, like, what you're feeling, how strong or weak the shaking is, wherever you are. Uh, Intensity is going to be, you know, the, the actual measure of the shaking, and at the location that you're at. So we, you know, you're always going to hear magnitude reported. Uh, and those are the numbers, you know, one to 10. Um, but then intensity, basically you're not going to hear that. That's another mathematical model that geologists, seismologists can use to produce different data outputs. So you, you know what they said about the earthquake? <laughs> what? It went to the circus. Because it was intense. <laughs> um, yeah, that was an attempt and a failed one at that. <laughs> so to give you an idea of the strengths, a magnitude 3 to 4.9 is considered minor. You could possibly not even feel uh, an earthquake of that magnitude. I So I've only been in two earthquakes, and one of them was in Phoenix, and the other one was at Flag Ranch. Okay. And both of them I only noticed because other things were being reacted, like I didn't notice as a person. The one that happened in Phoenix I only knew happened because a mug fell on my head. (laughs) All right. And I was laying down, so like I was kind of asleep, a mug hit my head, and then I woke up and felt really weird for like 30 seconds and was like, what the fuck's going on? What's wrong with me? And I turned on the news, and like a half an hour later, they were like, oh, we got a little shake. And then what year approximately would you say oh, that, that would have been in Ooh, this is a weird one. So it was already it had been Christmas in the back room for a long, long time. <laughs> what does um, that mean? <laughs> do you remember the like add on part to my house that should have raised the property value, but it was oh, built like okay. shit to load yeah, it. Yeah. So yeah. it had been it had been Christmas. We used to keep our Christmas tree up a lot. OK, so it had been Christmas for like several years. We got new A.C., because that's what was leaking. <laughs> so this, this is like, like pre two thousand. This wouldn't know. This would have been like two thousand two ish. Because I think I was in high school when it happened. Okay. But yeah, and the one at Flag Ranch, I only noticed because I was again laying down and I felt weird. And then I looked over, and there happened to be like three glasses of water, and like throughout the room, and they were all kind of ribbly. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> interesting you got the old jurassic park uh, water premonition yeah but it wasn't like a (laughs) circular thing they were just like a little yeah a little ripple or a shaking yeah it wasn't not a ripple it wasn't the it was a ripple that's you were right it's just from the center in the right in jurassic park correct (laughs) or if you would like to say uh kung fu panda there's a nice ripple scene in that nice yeah so 
three to four point nine considered minor. Uh, five to six point nine is moderate to strong. I think that's yeah. These are, I'd say five to six point nine is like not quite making the news yet. But then seven to seven point nine is major. I think that's going to be you know most of the stuff you're hearing about on the news. Big disasters, probably, unfortunately, a lot of death. And then anything eight or more is extremely powerful. An eight point six releases the same amount of energy as 10,000 of the atomic bombs that were dropped uh, during World War II. Oh, cool. (laughs) So why aren't we using that for energy? Yeah, I wonder... I don't think they're going to. I think that we're we're sticking with this fusion (laughs) thing. Well, I was going to say, I wonder if there really is... uh, There definitely is, but what some potential ways to harness that energy would be. Ripple blankets? I just invented them in my head. (laughs) But, yeah, if you had something that you could cover surface space with that moved and thus moving produces electricity. Yeah. Uh, When earthquakes happen, the Earth can actually go into something called free oscillation. Actually, I think it happens during every earthquake, but it can happen, you know, at a greater magnitude. And that's basically, like, uh, think about a guitar string and, like, you pluck the guitar string, right? And, like, you get that first huge note or whatever, but then you like continue watching it and it's still vibrating. It's still making a tone. It's like the earth is just doing that for a period of days at times. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. So is that when most of the actual tectonic plate is moved? Well, so that's actually the after effect of the tectonic plates moving, right? So like that vibration happens and then the earth is kind of just still buzzing from it. So I've, if you're going to harness any energy from it, I would think that would be the perfect time. You know, mm. either during that vibration and capturing it directly or in that free oscillation period. So I wonder if you could get a really, really big springy stick and put it in a properly deep and wide hole and get <laughs> it to do the springy thing that for the doorstops and you can use that because all you have to do is hook that up to some massive generators yeah and have a back and forth movement on them yeah i one of my favorite instagram accounts is just different gear work motions (laughs) that does sound awesome it's fucking awesome like it's do you want something to go in a zigzag that's a circle here you go it only takes 12 gears (laughs) here are the gears you need well most of it is uh 3D printer models. So you can just go look up that shit. Nice. Just print off. Print off some gears. Get some STLs. Get that perfect angle to anything you want for no reason. <laughs> um, the largest earthquake, largest recorded earthquake, I'll say, of all time, was a 9.5. Uh, it happened in Chile. Your mom's house. Ooh, I've been waiting for one of those. It happened in Chile on May 22nd, 1960. So the free oscillation period after that earthquake was several days. That's why I brought that up. Yeah. So can you like hug the ground and feel all buzzy if it's that big? I do wonder if it had some kind of The only way to check that is to destroy large sections of land. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It makes me wonder even about... You know, like some animals kind of communicate by by vibrations. Oh, yeah. That's got to fucking suck to live in the water. <laughs> yeah. Just screaming everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, we can't hear this stuff. So it's something I want to go more into later, possibly. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't make these. <laughs> well, no, we always, you're allowed to make those statements because sometimes I write them down. I do have a list of them somewhere. Okay. Um, but. Obviously, these earthquakes are producing sound. A lot of times we don't hear it because that range falls below 20 hertz. That's the human range of hearing is, I believe, 20 to 50, maybe 20 to 60. So we start hearing it at these crazy magnitudes. But at the much lower magnitudes, when it's producing tones of lower than 20 hertz, I do wonder, you know, like what animals are picking it up. Well, no, Yeah, because I have seen dog can predict earthquake right on tabloids before and it is kind of a known thing before a disaster happens to see like what the fuck the animals are doing yeah 
because they're all reacting to each other over time and playing telephone with a fire. (laughs) Exactly. Just passing it down the line. I wonder about that free oscillation period, too. Like, if humans kind of feel the effects and maybe don't even realize it, and then if animals are just like, whoa, man, you hear that ringing? Yeah, that (laughs) just keeps going. (laughs) Dude, just tinnitus for months. Larry, Larry, I told you it's fine. It's fine. No, I can still hear it. It's... It's God. It's talking to me. Ooh, I wonder if that happens sometimes. Um, No, but that goes back to my, like, we're fucking blind as a species. Yeah. Because it's like, do you know that we're bioluminescent? Are we? Yeah. In a light spectrum, we can't see. (laughs) So we glow? Yeah. What, in infrared I believe it's like a light. I'm not entirely sure, but I, whatever deer see in. So, like, deer can see us glow slightly. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, what the hell are those glowing things? Well, I mean. <laughs> that's why they're always running away. Well, that's that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> well, they will only be able to see we're glowing at night. But I, I am upset that I don't get to see that. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. But it was like 15 years ago that I was reading about them. They figured out how to boot in other light frequencies into eyes. But it was in like rats. Yeah, But 15 years ago, and at the speed of all of that, and based on me seeing human beings controlling shit with electrodes in their brain, at this point in time, there should be something close to them being able to jack me into infrared. (laughs) Hopefully. I mean, 50-50 on that. It is real, (laughs) real easy technology to abuse the crap out of. And you know it's going to the military first. Yeah, I'm more afraid of like somebody like me with a budget and a grudge. Unicorp's up-and-coming attempt to placate the restless wills of our fellow sons. It has become prudent to give yet another lesson on the nature of our oppressors. False sincerity and camaraderie are often employed to pacify the working class in times of unrest, but the very employment of such tactics is the proof you need to see that there is power in organized disobedience. Help us show that your worth is not measurable in pizza parties, and together we will dismember the facade that is the corporate family. This message is brought to you by the Revolution LLC. Yeah, so I kind of mentioned the Ring of Fire. You know, I brought up this map as well. Uh, The Ring of Fire, what it is, is basically just a big circle around the pacific ocean and more pacifically the pacific plate oh my god (laughs) no pun jail (laughs) so yeah it basically is along you know the west coast of north and south america and then the east coast of asia australia ish you know the australian islands the surrounding islands um this is the part that i was saying looks kind of like a curled up fish yeah you're talking about the ring of fire itself yes yeah yeah it does a little bit or like a shrimp almost yeah or if you go straight forward it kind of looks like so the northwest side being the front of it the three-eyed fish from the simpsons and futurama oh yeah yeah does that thing have a name three-eyed fish the nuclear <laughs> fish i don't think it has a name but it's it's just how nuclear fish are done right okay i wanted to make sure before i just uh, called out random stats but the ring of fire which is also called the circum pacific belt is responsible for about 90 percent of the world's earthquakes mm, assholes <laughs> the next most seismic region uh, which is about 5 to 6% of earthquakes, is the Alpide Belt, which is uh, basically just the Mediterranean to the Middle East region. Mm. So do earthquakes make you make better food? Uh, it depends on what they are, would be my thought. You know, maybe like a milkshake or something. Well, so all of those places are where like most of the food that I like comes from. <laughs> Yeah, it really helps uh, the hummus settle. Dude, I love I love hummus so much. Yeah, so do I. I will make myself sick on hummus. There's kind of a war about hummus, isn't there? Like where it came from. Like it's somewhere there, like in the Middle East, yeah, Mediterranean. Dude, I but... honestly 
every time there's so many words about all this shit i fucking hate them all and they're stupid like (laughs) get over it it's okay your food is delicious either way and if you have two slightly different ways of making it continue doing that because there's absolutely nothing wrong with you eating something for 50 years and then finding out there's just as good of a recipe over there that you can try yeah you could be onto something there though that earthquakes yeah (laughs) create good food yeah because like the uh you know the other side of it there is like all that delicious like and Pacific Islander food. See, this is a perfect example of causality correlations. <laughs> You're right. It's super good. I think I'm going to call that a fact from now on, though. <laughs> Have I explained to you what I do to certain people at work that I just don't feel like talking to? I just say <laughs> I random shit to them. And I'm like, that's a personal fact. <laughs> do you mean opinion? No, that's a personal fact. You can You can go over there now. I have lots of tactics to get people to leave me alone at work. You've heard of the San Andreas Fault, I'm sure. Uh, it's the one where you steal a motorcycle, and that's uh, San Andreas, the video game. <laughs> yes, wasn't there a movie about it? Uh, there was. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson was in it. This is our you know, <laughs> weekly obligation to bring so, up Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Hey, man, he's a cultural figure of <laughs> childhood and adulthood. Yeah, but the San Andreas Fault, you know, it runs along much of the west coast of America, you know, California, up into the Pacific Northwest there. Uh, It's actually not one continuous fault. It's uh, an accumulation of several faults, but we just refer to it as the San Andreas Fault Zone. And so then San Andreas Fault. This just sounds like you're blaming somebody named San Andreas <laughs> over and over again. It is all your fault, San Andreas. It basically, in the past 3 million years, it's grown about uh, 56 millimeters a year, or about 2 inches. Uh, this It's about the same rate at which your fingernails grow. I was going to say, that's. <laughs> I feel like I experienced that in lifetime. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, These earthquake facts, by the way, are from the U.S. uh, Geological... Let me get it right. Society. (laughs) USGS. Yeah. I think it actually is the U.S. Geological Society. They are part of the U.S. Department of the Interior. Good. Lots of transparency on here. (laughs) I never remember even who is on the videos that I talk about, and Adam cites the government. (laughs) I wanted to credit them and their math here, uh, because assuming that the rate of growth of, or rate of movement, I should say, of the San Andreas Fault continues, scientists project that Los Angeles and San Francisco will be adjacent to one another in approximately 15 million years. Oh, cool. So, <laughs> so if you, uh, you know, if you live in LA, you got a friend in San Francisco, just wait 15 million years and you can wave to them. I mean, what's the sea level at there currently? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I think both of those cities are pretty close to sea level. I'm not sure. They have to be on hills. All that shit's hilly over there. Yeah, I would assume San Francisco is higher, if anything. But I, I would think L.A. is pretty close to sea level. That's So L.A. is probably not going to be there. <laughs> yeah, may not be. We didn't start really measuring uh, anything related to earthquakes or the movement of the Earth until 1751. When Andy Richter's great-great-grandfather <laughs> stuck a pike in the ground and held a rubber band against it. And then they weighed him afterwards and they called it a Richter scale. It's true. Uh, In 1751, a pendulum seismoscope was created. I actually know what this thing looks like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we saw one on like a field trip. I don't know that that? we saw one on a field trip. Maybe the Smithsonian. Maybe the Science Center. The Arizona Science Center. I mean, I've been there as an adult, Adam. That place is great. Oh, I love that place too. Yeah, I went to. Other a, than it smells like fucking sick kids, but <laughs> and dirty water. Well, I don't know that 
I would play in any of the water stuff. <laughs> I do remember that when we went there in that sixth grade. Yeah. I tried the helicopter simulator and it's like the only simulator I've ever played that I like. Nice. I don't remember that. They had a helicopter simulator. That's, That's because awesome. only like four kids got to go in it because the line was long as hell. So you pretty much had to forego the rest of the activities in that area in order to get to fly the helicopter. Okay. Because it actually went up in the air and stuff. Oh, I'm kind of remembering this a little. Yeah, it was just a box that was like you took the stairs up to it. Yeah. And you it had all the switches and everything, but it was on like four or five arms that would tilt it and everything. Right. Ah, speaking of which, they have a fucking like tank driving simulator now that's just a tiny tiny tank that you're hooked up to all of the screens and the remote control of it is hooked up to all of the actual equipment that's supposed to be inside of it for tanks and cars and somebody has started a racing commission based on it (laughs) crazy i've seen some wild setups for like home arcades or vr setups dude some woman has i i don't know if it's a full vr rig but she just drives like the she plays one of those tracking games but she but she plays it with a remote control car in real life so sometimes she ends up like on the road in front of another car (laughs) that's crazy You ever heard of a moon quake? Uh, no, but I mean, I can imagine that the moon quakes. Moon does quake. When the moon quakes, does it shake the tides? Well, yeah, so that's the thing. They're not really sure, I think, at this moment. Uh, it is real, they're all related, right? Tidal stresses. They, there is some evidence of it having to do with the varying distance between the Earth and the moon. They're not really exactly sure what causes it. This kind of gets back to my earlier point. I don't think we went too deep into it, but I was like, okay, the plates exist, volcanic activity exists, but why are they moving? <laughs> um, I know there's a theory about us getting whacked with the... So whatever the thing that caused the moon in the first place might be what set that in motion. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's, you know, magnetism involved in it, uh, gravity you know the the distance uh that's creating differing grav- gravitational pulls between the earth and the moon they do know that it's definitely happening it's observable they occur at a much greater depth on the moon than they do as compared to earth i forget the exact numbers for earth but i i think it was something like 150 meters if i remember right just from reading but on the moon, they actually happen almost halfway to the center of the moon. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty happy about us going back to the moon just in general. Yeah, I know. I was Fucking just looking. Artemis I saw the crew. Too. Yeah. I saw the picture of them. Yeah. The what is the trailer that they had for going back to the moon was pretty badass yeah um but i'm just more happy uh the moon is chock full of h3 adam oh yeah uh what is that deuterium uh i'm not sure it's a heavy hydrogen but it is uh pretty good for that their nuclear fusion that we're finally everyone's back into dumping money into yeah yeah i'm pretty sure that's called deuterium yeah heavy hydrogen I guess deuterium technically is just the stable isotope. I think it does occur uh, more often as H3. Yeah, but H3 on the planet is uh, incredibly rare. Yeah. like I think it compared to gold is like to the 10th. Start mining. Yeah, do you know what that means, Adam? (laughs) They're going to start getting unskilled, untrained deadbeat labor to mine on the moon. So I might, at a 60-year-old fucking pace, be able to (laughs) sign myself into, like, government indentureness-tude. I don't know which that goes with. And get to go to the moon. Hell yeah. Yeah. It'll be great. Oh, I mentioned that, right, the uh, pendulum seismoscope was 1751, but it wasn't until 1855 
that we recognized uh, faults were the source of earthquakes. I can see that. It, we're not <laughs> super good at just guessing. Yeah. Like, we did make everything a god first. <laughs> there were kind of people throughout history who, I guess... Suggested it. Yeah. But nothing real, like, concrete. It was it's kind of pure wild speculation, honestly. At least, like, I was looking at some of the Greek stuff where they were, like, predicting that. And then, like, some later, like, I don't French. know how you could possibly guess at plate tectonics without having, like, a wide enough range to see at least two different kinds of mountain ranges. Right. Which kind of makes sense that the Greeks are guessing it. Because right? yeah. they have a lot of mountains. <laughs> have you ever heard of a seiche? No. <laughs> it is an internal wave oscillating in a body of water. Sounds hot, man. That's basically what you saw as the, uh, was it Wyoming where you were looking at the cup of water? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's so basically maybe we just... don't even have to dig a big hole to put the rod. We can just put it in the water and then attach turbines to it so that when yeah, it's... It just goes fl- like <laughs> it's like the wacky inflatable wave. Yeah, in I bet you that would like <laughs> fucking destroy a whale if it ran into it, though. Probably. Uh, so yeah, that's what a seiche is. It's basically just an earthquake that makes water slosh around. There was a seiche that was measured, uh, in 1985 at the University of Arizona. Uh, it actually caused their pool to lose water. And the seiche was created by an earthquake in Mexico that was about, uh, 1,200 miles away. What year was that? That was in 85. Mm, the year before I died. <laughs> so, I mean, this is actually happening all the time, I would assume. And you're like, oh, weird. Why is my, you know, my pool's kind of sloshing around? Um, just, that was just one that they measured. You know, it's at a college. I was so going to sure. say, like, ghosts. <laughs> like, somebody's probably seen that and been like, my pool is haunted as fuck. <laughs> I know. I definitely have. I'm like, it's not even really, like, windy. Why is that happening? Maybe... You know, maybe some bird flew in it and, like, rippled it. I don't know. Like, The only place I've had access to a pool long enough to just stare at a pool is his house. And <laughs> I don't know that I paid that much attention to that pool unless I was hung over and just staring at a pool. I was in no guessing state at that point. <laughs> well, next time you'll be like, whoa, check that station. There's this one time I did mushrooms. <laughs> and it was very... It was, I think it was like senior year of fucking high school and I showed up to a party and the beer hadn't gotten to the party yet, but I was on mushrooms and I had taken too many mushrooms and I went and laid down in the backyard and just stared at their pool as it breathed incredibly hard at me (laughs) and I begged someone to take me home. (laughs) And the pool was like, I'll take you home, Keelan. No, no, no. I think I had to watch part of Scarface. And okay. then I got a ride home from... Uh, hmm. Okay. It was nice, though. It's I, did, I quite often on hallucinogens get all freaked out, run away, and then get bored. And I'm like, <laughs> can I come and hang out again? Um, Which U.S. state would you think ha- is the m- most earthquake prone? I would say California, but also Florida is in the running there. Yeah, this would have been my guess. Is I would have said California. Is it like Missouri? It's Alaska. Oh, fucking cheating. <laughs> uh, it's actually one of the most seismic- seismically active regions in the world. Mm, so we should go dig holes there. <laughs> it experiences a magnitude 7 earthquake almost every year and a magnitude 8 or a greater on average, about every 14 years. The largest earthquake in the United States was in Alaska. It was a 9.2. Yeah, so I do feel like that's cheating, if we're going by that. But so, if there's a volcano directly under you, are you more seismically sound? Oh, uh, you know, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I This is just wild speculation on my part. I feel like earthquakes caused by volcanic activity are less extreme than those caused by faults uh, because there's a liquid 
and like kind of dynamic aspect to it. Yeah, plus you're getting lines. more ground at this. Just that in my head is like, all right, more ground means less shaky. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, where it's like rigid, hard ground, just like rubbing up against each other on fault lines. I think that produces mm, like silk on my hairy legs. <laughs> exactly. We talked about moonquakes. Uh, in 2019, it was discovered that there are, in fact, Mars quakes. I mean, we like I'm more surprised by moonquakes than Mars quakes, because to my knowledge, the moon is like not doesn't have any moving parts on the inside. Yeah. Well, but I mean, when you get to like actual like fluid dynamics, you're like uh, different rocks are flowing at like all points in times. So that's how we get the earthquakes. Yeah. Um, there is evidence, although I don't believe it's like quite proven, maybe to the degree that it is with Mars. There's evidence of uh, quakes happening on Venus as well. I think I can't remember if it's Venus or Jupiter. It has to be Jupiter. Which one's got the massive amount of moons? Ganymede. I think that's Jupiter. Yeah, they're doing a, I think the French are doing, or no, the UK is doing its own, like, private mission out there to observe one of the fucking moons. Nice. Uh, And then there are also ice quakes that happen in the interior of Antarctica. (laughs) Is that from ice melting or freezing? So, I think it's frozen the whole time. I'm not sure that it's related to freezing or unfreezing. Maybe it is an emotion aspect, but to like kind of shake like an iceberg loose or something. Well, if you like get big enough, it'll crack. And if you go slow, because the way ice goes is like if it doesn't evenly thaw, because it freezes in its like weird lattice as temperature goes up. Right. So, it like you can take an ice, like if you take one of those fucking sharp icicles and put it underwater. It like shatters in weird ass patterns at different places. Okay. And I can see that being something that is when it happens on glacier scale. Here's what the USGS has to say about it. The ice quakes are similar to earthquakes, but occur within the ice sheet itself instead of the land underneath the ice. Some of our polar observers have told us that they can hear the ice quakes and see them on the South Pole seismograph station but they are much too small to be seen on enough stations to obtain a location. Mm, this is some guy just running fucking place to place, swapping their machines. <laughs> it's uh, it's Paul Bunyan. Yeah, he wouldn't moved. he be big enough to <laughs> see? It's like, all right, so Paul Bunyan would be big enough to see from space. Yes? I think. How tall was he supposed to be? I don't know, but his ox was big enough that its footprints made the Great Lakes or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I think you could see him from space then for sure. If he was making the Great Lakes. That's his ox, which is slightly larger than him, I'm assuming, based on riding an ox. (laughs) Let's see, do I have any other cool earthquake facts for you? Probably. This will be my last one. Maybe maybe you can take a guess if you like, too. Uh, what your last many... one's going to be? <laughs> yeah, what will my last fact be? It's no, going to be it. <laughs> that um, if you have an earthquake close enough to after you take a shit, you don't have to wipe. <laughs> no, that's not it. Oh. Um, it's estimated that there are... 500,000 detectable earthquakes in the world each year. About 100,000 of those can be felt, and about 100 of them cause damage. So what you're saying is there's a lot of lonely, lonely earthquakes out there that no one's even heard of. (laughs) Yeah, if an earthquake shakes and nobody feels it. The answer is yes, it's still an earthquake. (laughs) Just like if a tree falls, technically, yes, it produces sound. Unless we're going in like a weird, the observer has to be there to produce sound, which I don't think has ever been argued. (laughs) Is that where where we at? Yeah, we're good. You want to plug some stuff? Um, Yeah, we're... We're on, I almost said we're on, it's my Instagram. <laughs> I'm on Instagram at Jane Fritz, J-A-I-N Fritz with an S. There's an underscore in there. I'm real bad at this part. <laughs> I am also on Instagram. I am VR Frittatas. VR Frittatas, like the breakfast food. 
You can also check out the official UPP Twitch. We currently are playing The Last of Us Part 2. We finished Part 1 on our last stream. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really enjoying this. I didn't always get the hype about Last of Us, but I'm starting to get it. Yeah, I'm a little more upset than I was the first time I played it about the brutality of it. but <laughs> It is very violent. But yeah, follow the official UPP Twitch. That account is UPP underscore Playa, P-L-A-Y-A. And I have another Twitch channel as well. That one is Andy Pants. It is A-N-D-E-E underscore pants. Uh, oh, you can also email us at unacknowledgedpodcastproduct See, at gmail.com. This is why I, yeah, I forgot <laughs> we had an email. Yeah, I should check that email. <laughs> I, I do have alerts set up on it. I don't believe I've gotten anything, but we'll double check. All right. Uh, have Have a good afternoon. And have a good evening and a good morning following that. Mm, no. <laughs> Is that too many? <laughs> too too many well wishes? Yeah, well, you got to have some strafe in life, man. Yeah, okay. Well, have a good something, but not all of it. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> Should open a restaurant.